0: Today to this podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and how so very happy we are to be with you today. We're beginning a new study in the book of Revelation, taking it verse by verse took us two years to go through this study at the church and now we're putting it in podcast form for those of you out in the internet congregation and if you'll go to our website establishedinthefaith.com you'll find where you can subscribe to this podcast and be notified of everything that we upload and you won't miss anything As well, please feel free to contact us and leave any questions or comments that you may have pertaining to the program today. Well, we're going to go on into the message now, Revelation chapter 1, the first three verses. Hope and pray it will be a blessing too. We're going to begin a brand new study tonight in the book of Revelation. I think you'll come away about a year from now with a better understanding of some things. However long it takes, however the Lord leads, I think we'll all come away with a better understanding of the Word. Of course, Jesus could come back at any time. We might not get through with the study. Of course, when we get there, you'll have a much better understanding than what I could give you, that's for sure. But um, let me just give a a brief outline of the book to begin with tonight. In chapter 1, we have the introduction. Uh, Chapters 2 and 3 covers the churches or the church age. If the calendars of old are correct, the church age is somewhere around nineteen hundred and eighty years old. Think about that, 1980 years old. And about every 2,000 years, something significant happens as it pertains to biblical things. Uh, About 2,000 years after Adam and Eve, God gave the doctrine of justification by faith to Abraham. About 2,000 years after that, Jesus was born. And we're soon to come up on another 2,000 year mark. Could it be that the rapture of the church could take place within the next 20 years? Could it be that the great, tribulation period which will last about seven years and the battle of armageddon will end all of that with the second coming of christ ushering in the millennium could that be the great event that will take place we don't know but we are coming up on something big happening before too long and uh it's just something to think about Chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, Revelation 4 and verse 1, John said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. That is where we believe the rapture of the church will take place. Where every single person that has ever accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air so shall we ever be with the Lord. Corruption is going to put on incorruption. Mortality is going to put on immortality. We're going to put on a glorified body. And you won't have to worry about arthritis no more. You won't have to worry about the old aches and pains no more. These old bodies that are corrupt are going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and will forever be with the Lord. Amen? That's what the rapture will do for us, and we look forward to that. That could happen at any moment. We believe it takes place in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, the rest of that, of uh, Revelation 4 and 5, is dealing with some events and things in heaven. And, of course, we'll take a look at those things. In Revelation chapter 6 through 19 is the great tribulation period. Seven-year tribulation period which will conclude with the battle of Armageddon. And the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will come back at the battle of Armageddon. And he will set his feet upon the Mount of Olivet. The mountain will split from one side to the other. And Jesus will fight as in the days of old. And that's the battle of Armageddon. And then uh, Revelation chapter 20. Satan is bound up, and the Bible doesn't say this, but there's going to be a chair pulled up there at that event, and I'm going to be there with a big old bowl of popcorn, and I'm going to watch that rascal get thrown into the lake of fire. And Y'all can come and join me if you want to, but I look forward to that day when the old devil's bound up for a thousand years, and then Jesus is going to rule and reign. 4,000 years, that's the millennium, or the great kingdom age, which is to come. And after that will be the great white throne judgment. All of this is in Revelation chapter 20. And then in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, it is the perfect age, which is to come. New Jerusalem, that city that is built four square, is going to come down from planet heaven down to planet earth a city that is 1500 miles square think about that 1500 miles square if you took the southeast corner of that city and set it in dallas texas the southwest corner of that city would be in los angeles california the northwest corner of the city would be in Vancouver, British Columbia. The southeast corner would be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It will cover up that much land area. That's a big city. But wait a minute now, that's only half of it because it's also 1,500 miles high. When Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. <laughs> He said, In my father's house are many mansions. That's a big city. That is a big city, y'all. And uh that's what'll be coming down out of heaven, New Jerusalem, Revelation chapter twenty one, twenty two. But before we get into all of that, let's begin tonight in Revelation chapter one and verse one. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. The word revelation comes from a Greek word, apocalypsis. We've all heard of the word apocalypse. It just simply means to uncover. It carries the idea of walking into a theater and a curtain is pulled to where you can't see what's happening up on the stage. But the revelation is the pulling back of a curtain so that you can see what's going on. God wants us to see and to know. Uh, This revelation is of Jesus Christ. Does anybody know what Jesus' name means? When the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus means Savior. Savior. What we have here is a revelation of our Savior. All right Jesus Christ, does anybody know what the name Christ means? It means anointed. And uh, in Acts 10:38. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When Jesus began his ministry and he came into the little town that he was raised in of Nazareth, He went into the synagogue that day, and they handed unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he turned to the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised god needs no anointing but you have to understand something jesus was fully god but he was fully man as well jesus laid aside his deity he laid aside his god powers if you will laid that aside to take on the likeness of sinful flesh. He became a man. And he never one time used his God powers. He never used his his foreknowledge and, and all the powers that he had as God. Everything that he did on this earth, he did it as a man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So here we have the incarnation, Jesus Christ. It talks about the incarnation, Jesus becoming man in order to save us. Jesus just coming down here and living a perfect life was not enough to save us. Him healing and doing good, that's good, that's commendable. But not, that did not save us. But when Jesus went to that cross... And he died on Calvary's cross. And he said it is finished. That is what saved. You and I. The Savior. The revelation of Jesus Christ. But now not only did Jesus die on Calvary. To save mankind. But Jesus died on Calvary. To save all of creation. As well. And that's what the book of Revelation is showing us not only the redemption of mankind, but the redemption of this planet. And we'll see that as we go along. If Jesus had not gone to the cross, there would be no future. Now I want you to think about what I've just said. If Jesus had not gone to the cross there would be no future. Man would have long destroyed himself years ago. But due to Jesus going to the cross and men thereby accepting what he did, allowing the Holy Spirit to come inside and change the heart of man, it has caused creation to last a little bit longer. And we're coming to the end of the church age. Now, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. When Jesus was resurrected, he was with the disciples for about 40 days. And they came to Jesus, and they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom again to Israel? And Jesus said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons... Which the Father has put in His own power. So God had this knowledge, but did not give it to Jesus Christ until after He had ascended to the Father. All right. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show. You need to understand that God is trying to show us something. He wants us to see what the future is going to be. He wants us to understand it, to get a grasp of it. To show unto his servants. That's you and I. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7:23, he said you're bought with a price. And then Peter said in 1 Peter 1:19, 1, we were bought with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We have been bought with a price. It is our reasonable service to serve God, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you doing with the great gift of salvation that God has given you? Are you serving the Lord? We all want to hear Jesus say one day, well done, good and faithful servant, do we not? We've been bought with the price, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is reasonable for us to want to serve him and to do his will. And God's showing this unto his servants, that's you and I. The Lord wants to show us some things which must shortly come to pass. The Lord wants us to know about some of these things that's going to be taking place in the future. And he said, which must shortly come to pass. That's the church age. It begins Revelation chapter 2 and 3 dealing with the churches. Now, the Lord picked seven churches in Asia Minor. They had issues and problems, and the Lord picked out these seven churches, and he picked them out in order, called them by name. Each one of these churches had problems and situations, things that were going on, and as we look back in church history, we can see how these churches are... Demonstrating a particular point in church history. Seven distinct periods of time in church history. We are currently in Revelation chapter 3 and 14. The church at Laodicea. And we're not going to take the time to go into that. But we will a little bit later on. But if you want to know where are we at right now, in the book of Revelation, it's Revelation 3 and 14. And we're waiting for Revelation 4 and verse 1, where he said, Come up hither, and I'll show you the things which must be hereafter. That's where we're at. Now, I don't want you to get confused. A lot of preachers and teachers get people confused because they'll take scriptures in Revelation chapter 6 or chapter 8 or chapter 15 and they'll say some things and try to get you to think, well, that's what's happening now. It's not. Those things are yet future. I believe the book of Revelation is laid out in, in order, God wants to show us. He wants us to understand it. He's not just going to sporadically throw things around and get you confused. I believe it should be read from Revelation chapter 1 all the way to chapter 22. And each event happens in sequence, one right after the other. Of course, there are some chapters in there that are parenthetical, which means these things are happening at the same time these things are, are happening. And we'll talk about that when we move along. But now, God, he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Someone would say, well, Brother James, if God wanted us to know about these things in the future... Why is it that the book of Revelation is written the way that it is? Why why all the symbolism? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever wondered about that? If God wants us to know so much about what's going to happen in the future, why, why didn't he make it a little bit more simple? Well, you have to understand something. The book of Revelation is different from any of the other books of the Bible in that Before things can happen here on this earth, it first has to take place in heaven. It has to cross God's desk first. And seeing how this book is going to be talking about things in the future, and everything has to happen in the spirit world first, the book of Revelation is written from the viewpoint of the spirit world whereas most of the rest of the Bible is written from an earthly viewpoint, a natural standpoint. But the book of Revelation gives us a look into the spirit world unlike any other book. That's why all the symbolism. Another reason for the symbolism is when God took on this task of Having John to write the book of Revelation, it had to be written in such a way so that people from all of time could read it and understand it. Now, let me give you an example. At the Battle of Armageddon, the Bible states that the blood will flow up to the horse's bridles. We don't use Horses in warfare today, but they did back in the days of old. If God had to come right out and said the blood will run up to the top of the tanks, do you think people two thousand years ago would have been able to understand that? If God said, "Well, the helicopter is going to come and drop the bomb and blow up everything." Do you think people back then... Well, can you imagine the crazy doctrines we'd have today? I mean, we'd have <laughs> tank and helicopter crazy churches today. <laughs> so, I mean, God had to... Keep all of this in mind when he was giving this to John. It had to be written in such a way so that people from all of time, from way back then, 2,000 years ago, could read it and understand it, and those of us today could read it and understand it. So you can kind of see the, the the problem that you would have. Not that God's got a problem, it's you and I that's got the problem. But anyway, God had to do it the way that He did it because of these things. All right, so to summarize verse 1 God the Father gave this revelation to Jesus sometime after He ascended into heaven. Jesus then gave it to an angel who then signified it or caused visions, dreams, images to pass. through John's mind, and then John turned around and wrote it down and gave it to us. That's pretty much the explanation of verse 1. Do we have any questions on that before we move to verse 2? All right. Verse 2, John bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. That pertains to the fact that John by this time had already written the gospel of John. And he had already written 1st, 2nd and 3rd John. And what the Lord is now giving to John on the Isle of Patmos, the book of Revelation. This is what will also be considered a part of the word of God as well. Verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth. It is God's will for us to learn how to read. That's God's design. And they that hear the words of this prophecy. Now, the word here can be interpreted two different ways. God knew that there would be people that would not have the privilege of being able to learn how to read. They wouldn't be able to read. So God also expanded it to those that hear. So there's two ways of getting blessed by the book of Revelation, reading it yourself or either hearing it proclaimed, which that's mainly the way it was done way back then when this letter was first written and then passed around to the churches. The pastor would get up and he would read. This letter from John. And the people out there would hear it. They didn't have the privilege of having the Bible like you and I have today. But blessed is he that readeth and they that hear. But now the second interpretation of that is this. Not everybody that has the ability to read is going to have the ability to understand what is written. Now, the only way that you can understand what is written, first of all, you've got to have an ear to hear. But man is born spiritually dead. So first of all, in order to understand what's written in the book, you've got to be born again. You've got to be saved. Because when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside and he's the teacher. And as you read it, he'll open it up to you. He'll reveal to you what is written in the scripture. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things that are written therein. It's not enough to read it. It's not enough to understand it. You've got to walk out what God works in. You've got to put it in shoe leather and walk it out. That's where the shortage is. We read it. We understand it. We just have a problem getting it from here to here. If you understand what I'm saying. You, you get it here, but you've got to get it here. When I went to school back whenever it was, <laughs> the teacher told me, he said, James, you got it, buddy, but if you can get it from here to here, you'll have it made. That's where the problem comes in at. You can have a mind to understand things, but if you're not mechanical enough to... Some people are just that way some people aren't it just takes a little more time with some than it does others but blessed are they that read and hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written therein for the time is at hand the time was at hand when john was writing this back 2000 years ago Because there were things going on in churches then that the Lord had to address. And the time is still at hand. We're living in the church age and the Lord is soon to return. The time is still at hand. But let's not forget the word blessed. Blessed. There is a special blessing. For those that read, hear, and keep what's written in this book. The book of Revelation. But I'm going to carry it a little step further. And I don't think I'm wrong in what I'm about to say. Seeing how the book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. I believe that that one phrase can be used for the entirety of the word of God. Because I don't know of a time when I... Hadn't sit down and read a portion of God's word where I didn't get blessed, Amen. But now, when on these Wednesday nights when we come and we study the Book of Revelation, come expecting a blessing, not not because of my teaching or lack of, of ability to teach, but because of what God said in His Word. Blessed is he that readeth. And hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand.